Right, I know you've been sitting for a while and we've had some brilliant testimonies and um, as ever, um, lots of great stuff going on. Uh, so let's, get, let's stand up for a second. Let me put my teacher hat on. And what we're going to do, because we're looking at the book of Acts, it's all about church community and church life and knowing each other. Because we've had a pandemic and we don't know each other as well as we'd like to, we're just going to spend five minutes getting to know each other a little bit, okay? Um, if I can do that, right. Uh, so first of all, just, um, just a reminder on masks, guys. If we, while we do this, we do a lot of interacting, and I know COVID's back on the rise again, so if you just wear your mask, particularly for this particular activity, that'd be great, because you're going to be moving around, meeting lots of people. So here's my first thing I want you to do, and don't be shy. I want you to, um, if you're a football fan, <coughs> Liverpool is the best team. Okay. I want you to find uh, a group of people that support the same team. Okay, now don't worry, if you don't like football, there's something for you as well. Okay, so you've got to get to all the Liverpool fans, you know, you've got to gather together. <coughs> Manchester City, I don't like saying that name, but Man City, Man U, whatever teams, and try and get yourselves into those groups, okay? Somewhere in the church, you're going to have to walk around a bit, okay? Um, and if you don't like football, all right, so you really don't like football, you think, oh my gosh, it's the most boring sport, I don't like it, I want you to get into a group. And you're like, I just don't care about football. I've got other stuff to think about. I like to think another group, okay? So you're gonna have groups of football team fans. We're gonna have a group that really does not like football. And we're gonna have a group um, that's, it's okay, but it doesn't interest me. Right, you got uh, three minutes to do that. Okay, you have to talk to people. I'm sorry about that, church. Go and talk to each other. Okay, and then start, and you can shout out your team. You can shout out, we don't like football. You can be as noisy as you like. You're going to have to move. Off you go. Okay, right, let's find out what we've got. So, um, this group down here, Patrick's group. Just pause one sec, let's, if, you're, if you're still trying to find your group, what, Patrick, what group's yours? You just don't care. If you don't care about football, that's where you need to be. Are you in the same group? All right. Sacrilege. Ah! <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Lord, forgive them. Right, you can repent. Okay, 
Uh, Sarah's team here. I'm sorry, I can't hear. Liverpool. Woo! Right. They are the anointed and the blessed. All right. Oh my gosh. Are they still in the Premiership? They're going down so far. Okay, okay, okay. And in the back? Huh? Not much. Don't watch. Any other teams? Chelsea? Chelsea? No Chelsea? Chelsea? Oh, by yourself. Sorry. Polisana. Polisana. Man City? Oh, bless your heart. All right. Okay. Any other teams? No? All right. All right. Okay. Let's do one more. Um, I want you to gather in your birthday months, January, February, March, April, May, so on, to December. Okay, off you go. Find your birthday piles. Find out what date, find out the date. Okay. Jimmy, what month? Jimmy. November, where's the Novembers? Jimmy, you're there. Jimmy, you're there. Okay, right, if you're January. Hands up for January. Hey, I'm with you, Alistair, I'm with you, buddy. I'm with you, all right. January came first. Oh, there you go. Right. Uh, February. Oh, there we go. Two there. All right. March. One person from March. There's two. Where's who else is March? Oh, there we go. April. Woo! Hasn't April got April Fool's Day in it? No, I'm so joking. <laughs> Sorry. I, 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 I rebuke that. May the Lord bless you. Did anyone have a birthday yesterday? Did anyone have a birthday yesterday? No? Happy birthday anyway, everyone. Just say happy birthday for April. Woo! Okay, May. Woo! Anyone today? Anyone today, 1st of May? No? When's the next birthday in our church? 28th. 9th. 8th of May. Happy birthday. All right. Okay, June. Woo! Okay, July. No July birthdays. Hey, and Reuben, our son's fourth. Okay, August. Woo! Happy birthday, September. Oh, didn't quite connect. There we go. Connect, connect. Memorize their dates, guys. Okay, September, October. Woo! Oh, two more over here, guys. Two more over here. You've got Jasmine and Rita over there. Okay. Um, 
Where was that? That's, that was October, November. Hey! And December. Oh! Jesus was born in December. So you're anointed, anointed, right? Okay, good stuff. Right, grab a seat, guys. Grab a seat. Grab a seat. You, you just want to keep doing that, don't you? <laughs> I think I think you just enjoy doing that for the whole preach, probably, rather than listening to someone lecture you from the front. Oh, there we go. Um, isn't that fun? Isn't church good? You know, I, I, I love it. I, there's no other organization in the world where um, there's just such diversity. Am I echoing back? Slightly. I'm okay, okay. Um, I, I, it's just incredible because there's nowhere else where you have just every culture you can think of, every profession you can think of. Um, the, the, there's unity and diversity. And um, what I love about it, I, I know many of you have traveled across Uganda or further afield. You can go anywhere in the world and find fellowship. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I've, I've seen it from the prisons of Rwanda to the coldness of Ukraine, you know. Um, there's fellowship there, and it's just, it's such a privilege, you know. And I think one of the best conversations I ever heard someone have was an aeroplane once when he's a preacher, and this guy said, well, who, you know, where do you work? He says, oh, I, I work with an organization that's got one billion people. He's like, wow. <laughs> and uh, all these different cultures, and he gave this wonderful sort of recount of what it is to be part of the church. And um, that's just, just amazing. And the book of Acts is about the early church, the beginning of church. And uh, it, it captures the blueprint for us. And you can just see it expressed even in our church, you know, just expressed through the pages uh, and the wonders of the scripture there. And uh, I think it's so, so remarkable. If I sort of unpack it a bit, um, I just got a prophetic word for two people. And I hope I got this right. Jasmine, where are you on the cello? Jasmine on the cello, and Rita on the violin. Am I correct? That's not prophetic. That's Patrick helping me and making sure I don't get it wrong. <laughs> anyway, I've been particularly drawn to you guys as you've um, been playing up here in the last few weeks. And I have been blessed by these guys here in the cello and the violin. So we're going to round one. I don't know why Patrick didn't get you up sooner after the pandemic. I'm, I'll talk to him firmly afterwards. Don't worry. Um, but I, just, I, I think more than just the joy of hearing uh, what you guys are expressing, I, I just really sense a, a few things to you. I think, one, you're a huge blessing to this church. Amen. Two, you're a huge blessing wherever you go. Okay. Three, God's um, blessed you and anointed you, obviously musically. Um, and almost, I, almost, I think picturally, uh, visually, I just saw like, uh, almost like honey being poured over... Um, over the people. And by, by that I mean in the sense of just the presence of God and the joy of God, simply just by playing your instruments faithfully. Yeah. And I know it's not easy. I, I've tried to master many instruments in my life, and my family will tell you I'm not good at any of them pretty much, apart from the odd party piece on the piano or something. Um, but I know it takes dedication and all those things. And I, I think God wants to honor you for that, and that's, that's paying off dividends. All right. But I think more than just you being a blessing to the church, I just really sense that God is bringing you into a season of just blessing you. And I don't mean that you're going to walk out there and have a brand new Land Cruiser waiting for you in the car park. You might do. Um, 
But um, it's more, uh, I, I think there's been a season of provision where God's been faithful to you in providing. And at times you've wondered how we're going to meet the financial challenges we have in front of us. And I sense God saying, you can look over your shoulders and I have always provided for you. And I will always provide for you. And as a, you faithfully serve the church and love people well, God will love you well. Yeah, he always do that. Okay, does that, does that resonate? I think, I think as well as that, I just, I just really sense um, just a God-given friendship between the two of you. Are you good friends? I don't know if you, are you guys good friends? Yeah, one of you said yes, one wasn't sure. Okay, <laughs> we'll work that one out later. Uh, but I, I also just sense that, that there's, there's a, di- a dynamism, dynamic aspect as you operate together in your friendship. And it's, it's a God-given friendship that's going to last you the decades of your life. All right. So enjoy that friendship. Invest in that friendship. All right. And I, I just almost see you growing and expanding. I've seen others join your fellowship. They just enjoy the presence of you two and the atmosphere and the culture you create as you do life, as you study, as you go on and work on all these various things. All right. So always just make sure you, you, you keep that intact. And then above all, I just saw the Holy Spirit and just, just the, 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 the Trinity upon you. So Jesus... God and the Holy Spirit upon you guys. And, and you, not you, you use the wrong word, just ensure you're conscious of the presence of the Holy Spirit in your lives and in all that you do. Okay. Why don't you stand? Let's, let's just pray for you guys. I just think that's important to pray. Just stretch your hands out. If you're near them, you can just lay a hand upon them. Father, we just thank you so much for Jasmine and Rita. Father, we thank you for the blessing they are to us. As a church, we thank you um, just for the joy, the wonder of their, their, their music being added to the wonderful band, even this morning here in the, the Violin Father God. And we just, uh, we pray for their friendship. We pray may it stand the test of time. Let them forgive often, you know, uh, good friends that last many years, we have to forgive each other. We offend each other from time to time. So let them have a short accounts of each other. We pray your Holy Spirit's upon them. We pray you provide for them financially. We pray you bless them abundantly, Father God. We pray that you use them powerfully, Lord Jesus. But we thank you for this season, for this chapter in the history of KRC Laveau. You've brought them to this church to be among us in our fellowship, Father God. So honor them, bless them, fill them, Father. And we thank you for them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Isn't God good? That's so good. Great. Okay, so last week Monica was preaching on Acts um, I failed to upload it this week. I'm really sorry. My fault. Whenever there's a failure in upload or delays, you can blame me. All right. Um, so it will be uploaded very soon. Um, I've actually, my, my, my wife flew out to America, just landed about two hours ago uh, in Tucson, Arizona. It took her 32 hours to get there um, via Istanbul and San Francisco and all the rest of it. So she's gone for her father's 80th. Um, he's paid for them all to fly out there, which is really special. Um, and you can feel sorry for me. I've got to survive now for, for two and a half weeks uh, without my wife and being a, a single parent. So you oh, okay. You can, re- you can realize, uh, you realize how much uh, your, your wife or your husband does for you, don't you, when one of them goes away. I'm already feeling, I was already doing stuff I don't normally do, like washing up. <laughs> and this morning, Reuben was going through the washing up and pulling it back off the shelf, saying, this is dirty still, Dad. <laughs> So I lost it with them at one point. I was like, well, you do the washing up then. <laughs> um, so we're having lots of fun already. Um, my post on Facebook, if you saw it, uh, about my wife, is an old photo. It's not a present-day photo where she is lecturing me um, at a social event. And um, it just reminded me 
of what the to-do list she gave me. So she did say to me, Rory, I don't, you know, make sure they don't have too much screen time. Make sure they eat healthily. Make sure they go to bed on time. Make sure the house is tidy. And I've got a cheeky little grin at the time, um, thinking about something else. And um, so I, I, I said on Facebook, I'm, I, I was going to take them out yesterday to have ice cream, leave their bedrooms in a mess, um, and to eat at KFC. I didn't do any of those things. I was just like, okay, so don't, don't say that to my wife. Um, but I'm sure I will do things she doesn't want me to around the house. Um, but anyway, that's, that's enough about me. Um, so uh, the book of Acts, I think this is probably one of my most favorite books of the whole Bible. Yeah, it's just a remarkable book. And there's 28 chapters in there. So my encouragement to you is to just take one day at a time, okay? Uh, today's the first. And even going back to chapter one and just read through the book of Acts as we unpack it as a church, yeah, because there's only so much we can cover, and we're covering quite a bit quite quickly, so we're not really delving as deep as I would like to, um, but unless we do the book of Acts over pretty much a year, <laughs> um, it's hard to do that from the front, so really there's a personal responsibility with that, and it's a nice, easy book to read, and it's an exciting book to read, yeah, um, so I just want to challenge you on that. I think sometimes when we think of the book of Acts, sometimes it's referred to as um, uh, Acts of the Apostles, um, which is a bit false because it's not really about the apostles that much, okay, and mostly about Paul out of the two. In fact, he wasn't one of the original 12. Um, sometimes people refer to it as the Acts, you know, Jesus has mentioned 40, 40, 4-0 times in the first 13 chapters, and they say, well, it's the Acts of Jesus, which again is not quite necessarily true. The Holy Spirit in the first 13 chapters is mentioned 70 times, okay, so something what's well, Acts of the Holy Spirit. That's not really necessarily true either, okay? Um, but above all, God in the first 13 chapters is mentioned a hundred times. And it just tells you the beauty of the, of the Trinity, yeah? It's, it's, it's like um, the Holy Spirit leads us to Jesus and points us to Jesus. Jesus points us back to the Father, yeah? And so you have this wonderful relationship that's demonstrated and unpacked. I think one of the other challenges as we look at the book is sometimes you read it and you think, gosh, I've never seen that. I've never seen that sort of miracle. I've never seen it where someone walks along and the shadow of the individual heals someone. Okay? We have seen, I'm sure some of us have seen some incredible things in our lives. Yeah, I've seen some remarkable miracles. I've seen my legs. I used to be four foot two. No, I used to be a little bit shorter. I've seen my, I've seen my, my, my leg grow in front of my eyes, um, which is quite an experience. All right? So, We've all got our own stories of where God's done so amazing, but maybe you've never seen a miracle, an incredible miracle, and you read it and you think, oh, I just, does that still happen? And I want to say to you, yes, it does. In fact, God is doing even more remarkable miracles um, than we read in the book of Acts around the world. You just have to open your eyes, okay, and look at it. So um, I think sometimes that tension as you read it, you think, oh, will I, will I see that? And I think I, w- I want you to go into it with a step of faith, trusting that you can see incredible things, all right? Um, I think that's, that's really important as well. But I think above all, I think as we look at the, these next chapters, and I'm just going to be doing, just covering five, six, and seven quite quickly, um, we look at some of the tension in fellowship, even at the very beginning. You see, the early church was a very dynamic fellowship, okay? It was rooted in faith in Christ, and relationships between Christians were marked by um, unity, okay? And ultimately, the Holy Spirit did want one accord, but we would be very mistaken to idealize the early church and think that it was perfect and they had it all sorted because it was made up of human beings. And if you think you're going to find a perfect church somewhere, I'm sorry to disappoint you, it's, you're not going to find it. 
Okay, I've seen a lot of churches and I've never found the perfect church. And where I've been close to finding it, as soon as I walk in, I'm the one that wrecks it, yeah? Because we've all got our own issues. You're, we're all aware of that, aren't we? Um, and through these chapters, what you'll see is you'll see a tension that's within the church um, and you'll see pressures from the outside on the church as well as inside the church, all right? So there's tensions everywhere, all right? So not that easy. And also you'll see a tension that opposes the gospel, all right? People are either, it's not on the fence. People are either for it or against it. I mean, in a little bit, you see Stephen get stoned to death. You know, such hatred. But at the same time, you read of thousands coming to faith. Yeah, it's, it's this remarkable. If it could be a movie, it would be forget the Marvel um, series, forget Star Wars and all the rest of it. Okay, this would go on. You'd have like movie after movie after movie. And if there were trailers, it'd be the most remarkable trailers you'd ever see. It's an incredible um, story of, of, of the early church, of just the history of mankind and of Christ in the world, all right? So what I want to do, just, just initially, I want to remind us as a church about a couple of things. I think, first of all, I want us to keep making sure that we're aware um, of where we're trying to go as a church ourselves, where we feel the Holy Spirit is calling our church to go, because each church is unique, all right? So if you remember, we have a few goals that we have set. Does anyone remember any of the goals of our church? Or have we all forgotten them? Which is fine. Do you remember any goals? Leaders, you're not allowed to say anything. Yes. Yes. Excellent. A hundred testimonies. All right. Over three years. And listening to this morning, you know, we're quickly seeing God do it. That's exciting. Okay. Any, any other goals? Yes. 20. That's the one that scares me. 20 missional communities. I think we have about five or six at the moment. All right. I'm trying to get an update on them right now, but yes. Okay. Another one? Well done, Irene. 200 committed members. Okay, by committed we mean that you're either uh, part of a missional community um, and, and uh, you're giving financially in some way to the church. Um, and there's one more. What's the other barometer? Part of discipleship. Yeah, there's different ways. Okay, so we don't say, yes, you can sign a piece of paper and say you're a member of a church, but really it's the actions that speak louder than signed piece of paper and words. That makes sense, all right? Okay. Any other goals? Anyone else remember? So we've got mission communities. Do you remember the other? Yeah, yeah. And we haven't put a number on the finances. We're just saying 100% resourced as a church. Okay. And I think for us, thankfully, it's not a huge cost to rent the space and the rest of it. But what I'm particularly, personally, really passionate about at the moment is that we fund the missional communities 100%. Yeah. Um, and so we have like a men's group, and they they gather for a pizza. And the guys, a lot of those guys, don't have a huge amount of funds. I'd love us to have a bit of money to be able to fund that, yeah? Because um, not just to join the church to get a free pizza, <laughs> but it brings fellowship. So there's things like that that we want to sort of get behind, all right? Um, and then there's one more. I'll give you a clue. Leaders. Right, this is the one we're going to work on. Okay. <laughs> we're going after 50 leaders, all right? And by leaders, we don't just mean leadership isn't just standing at the front and preaching or emceeing or worship leading the rest of it. You could be leading a missional community. Okay, you could be leading in the discipleship course and the rest of it. We already have about 20 leaders, to be honest. Okay? Um, but if a church is going to grow, it, the, the, the biggest thing that holds it back is the lack of leadership. Okay? And you're all leaders. You lead your own life. It starts there. All right? Um, okay, so that's, that's the goals. But more importantly than that, very quickly, um, is the culture. Because I've said, you've heard me say this many times, is that as a church... Um, 
we want to go from A to B. Okay, so we have, we have these set of goals that we've set, all right? But we could get there, and by the time we get there, Monica and I could pretty much hate each other because we've burnt ourselves out, yeah? And there's always this risk, okay? Especially a church our size. You know, we tend to do lots of different things, okay? I have to be honest, personally, I feel a bit overwhelmed at the moment. We've got MCs, got youth group, got preaching, cover for the young kids sometimes, all these things, okay? So there's a real danger that we burn people out in the process of trying to get there, all right? And I want us to get there in a place of celebration, a place of overflow, rather than, you know, we're upset. And the best example I can think is Elon Musk. I had a big space day at school on Friday where we were linking back in to NASA and hearing some of those guys talk um, with the students. And Elon Musk, with, with his whole enterprise, the Falcon 9 and the rest going up to space, this guy, is, he's remarkably gifted. I pray he becomes a Christian one day because he'll be so influential. Um, a bit like Steve Jobs, uh, a remarkable guy. Would I ever work for him if he ever offered me a job? No. <laughs> I wouldn't. Um, because he's, he's relentless and he drives his guys, his teams, very crazy, to be honest. Um, so they're, gonna, they're doing amazing things, remarkable things. My concern for them is what they're like by the time they get to the goals that he's set. Does that make sense? For us as a church, I want to be a, a church of unity, a church of the presence of the Holy Spirit, a church that know, knows their scriptures well, a church that loves people well, a church that when people are struggling, we get alongside them, a church where people celebrate. When Maggie comes out and shares about prisons, my heart was, yes, this is it. This is what church really is. We can gather on a Sunday. I don't care if there's a thousand people in here. It doesn't really bother me. What's happening out of the walls of church life? Yeah, what's happening in the communities? Because that's where it counts. And when we get to heaven one day, trust me, it's not going to be the big, um, I won't use Uganda as an example, like Nigerian pastor or Zimbabwean pastor of of 10,000 people. My guess is they might be at the back of the queue. It's going to be the quiet person who goes into the prisons or walks the streets in the slums or um, is quietly working with the politicians of nations, you know, behind the scenes. They're the ones I really believe are going to be celebrated. We're going to be very shocked when we're in heaven as to who God is really honoring in a big way, I promise you, all right? So that's what I'm passionate about, and I hope you're passionate that we're doing the stuff outside these walls. Does that make sense? Okay, all right. So, um, I think it's worth saying as well that growth is really uncomfortable, yeah? I, I remember early in my days as a Christian, I was part of this wonderful fellowship, and it was so amazing, and it grew, and this church I was part of in the UK, we started about 100, and now it's over, well over 1,000, and it grew up to the first 1,000 pretty quickly, and many of my friends were, had to work through resentment and sadness. Suddenly, we couldn't have the deep friendship we wanted because we, we now each led a different group. Does that make sense? And the church continues to grow, and we couldn't stay in this little huddle that was so wonderful, Okay, but we had to then get into a new group and a bigger group uh, and all these changes. And maybe you've been part of churches where it's, it's felt like that. Yeah? As a church has got bigger, you felt the depth and relationship has got more shallow. We want to get bigger, not for the sake of it, just to see more people saved. Okay? But we want, to, we want to get closer in the process. And the process of that is through the mission communities and through the small groups. Yeah? That's where you get fellowship. Okay? So if you're not in a mission or community or a fellowship yet, I want to challenge you to hunt down the lead and say, I want to get in one. How do I get in one? Okay, where is the men's one meet? When's the ladies' morning? When's the, when's the, when's the next walk, prayer walk? Okay, um, 
whatever your passion is, that's where you're going to get the fellowship. These Sundays are wonderful. You can find out which football team people support or if they hate football. <laughs> okay, it's fine. It's important. Okay, but true fellowship and depth and church life happens outside the Sunday. Does that make sense? Okay. All right. Okay. So, um, let's read Acts chapter 5. I'm just going to read verses uh, 1 to 11 to start with. Okay. Here we go. The famous story, no, it's Ananias and... Uh, is it Sapphira or Sapphira? I meant to ask someone, the, the, the theologian. Sapphira or Sapphira? How do you say her name? Sapphira. Hmm? <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Patrick. Appreciate it. You're saying as a man, I can't do two things at once. I've got, I can't hold and I'm teasing. <laughs> okay. Um, here we go. Chapter 5, verse 1. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died, and great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Then some young men came forward, wrapped up his body, and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said. That is the price. Peter said to her, How could you conspire to test the spirit of the Lord? Listen, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young men came in and, finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. My gosh, <laughs> that's quite a hefty bit of scripture, isn't it? Okay, and I don't know about you, but the first time I read that many years ago, it scared the living daylights out of me. <laughs> don't panic. I don't, I don't know who, what God will do, but I've got no um, expectation that anyone's going to drop dead suddenly, all right? Um, but <laughs> at the same time, all right, there's something quite remarkable within these scriptures, all right? So here we see the first tension that emerges within the church, not outside, but inside the church, okay? This couple, Ananias and Sapphira, wanted a reputation for benevolence, okay, for being generous, because they'd seen something in the sense of accolades and what other believers were receiving for what they were doing. They saw that and thought, oh, I want a bit of that, okay? Um, but they were not willing to give their all. 
Now, it's really important to say this. There was no demand from God, okay, or by that community that they should give everything. That was not the issue. As Peter asked, he said, after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? So he's not saying, wasn't the money meant to be given to us and all of it? He said it was at your disposal, okay, with you. But rather than openly give a part of it, okay, the two conspired to pretend that they turned the full purchase price over to the church. So the sin was not in the choice they made for the use of their possessions. The sin was in their hypocrisy and in the lie that they attempted to tell, not only to the brotherhood, but to the Holy Spirit himself. And God's judgment was swift. Both died. And the whole church was gripped with a deep sense of reverence and awe of God. Okay, it says fear within the text. So I think here, okay, there's a remedy for insensitivity as well. Okay, let's regain the awareness of just who God is. Okay, and he's called us into relationship with himself and we need to be in awe and at sometimes trepidation of how powerful and how incredible he is. You see, when we're filled with awe, okay, because God is present with us, the little pretenses and issues we have as a church become very secondary. Does that make sense? Yeah, when you really understand who God is, everything else gets into order. All right, so these, these issues that we have this day-to-day, like, oh, God, I'm going off money, or God, I can't believe my friend did that, or I can't believe I heard that preach the other day, or I can't, what, you know, goodness me, is that the quality of the coffee at KRC Labour? It's terrible. All right? So I think it gets those things in order. And the best example I can think to share with you would be Ukraine, to be honest. So we lived in Ukraine for a couple of years. I have to be really honest with you. Um, there's some remarkable Ukrainian we met, uh, Ukrainian people. I prefer people of Africa. Okay? Um, woo, I know he's it. <laughs> now, that's not a godly statement. <laughs> But I think I'm just biased because it's the continent I was born on. It's the continent my family have been involved in for over 100 years. And I, I love Ugandans. I think you guys are probably the most friendly nation on this continent. Yeah. Not all of you. <laughs> I've met some quite unfriendly. In fact, the other day, a guy, I, I overtook a guy up here, not going that fast, and he, he cornered me and tried to get out of his car to sort of face off. And I thought, well, you're not a very friendly Ugandan, are you? <laughs> it's not everyone's friendly. Um, but the reason I mention it is obviously Ukraine's in the news in a lot of ways and my heart is out for them because um, it's very demonic what's happening, yeah. War is always demonic, absolutely, and it unleashes hell on earth in so many ways and um, it's tragic. But what it's done for Ukrainians is it has helped them realize what's important in life, yeah? You never ask it for any nation. But in reality, you know, if tomorrow Kenya or um, Tanzania or Rwanda or whatever suddenly invaded this nation, things would suddenly get into order. Does that make sense? In the sense of what's important for you, yeah? So your family, yeah? Um, Your life, your health, not the latest car or latest job or or the the latest disagreement, all right? Um, So I I think my first point really is, is, is just to say, you know, Get your priorities straight. And as we read this, it helps us get our priorities straight with God. Yeah? 
Now, you might say, well, Rory, why is God so severe? And that was my question early on when I first read it years ago. God, why are you so ruthless? <laughs> and I think ultimately, the reason he is so ruthless is because this is the, 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 the birth of the church. This is the very beginning, yeah? And it's critical because it's the foundation of what's going to come, all right? And the devil's very quickly trying to cause problems for this church. Um, but because of that, God can just not tolerate any, any sin like that, okay, that, that's, that's going to just cause an incredible issue. Because what's going to happen later, as we go through Acts, you see the church then gets scattered. After Stephen is martyred, the church is scattered to the four winds of the world, yeah? And what is born in that culture is critical because it's going to go out beyond. So if it goes out and they say, oh, yeah, you know, so-and-so, they lied a little bit and them, they weren't married, but they used to have sex together before they got married. And, you know, those things, God just forgives. You know, that's okay. That sets a very unhealthy culture for the church as it's born into the civilized world, yeah? So I think that's probably the best foundation I can think. Otherwise, ask God when you're in heaven one day. I'm sure there's much more than that, okay? Um, now, after that, um, what, we then, what we then get uh, after the, these guys here is that um, immediately you start hearing about the apostles healing many people. You even hear about Peter walking the, the, the corridors, the alleyways of Jerusalem, and people bringing out the sick so the very shadow would heal them. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, so we have this incredible tension. And all I can say is church is messy, yeah? We have these wonderful victories and amazing things happening, okay? But um, we hear Gloria sharing about going to the prisons, and I'm sure there was amazing things happening. You go out and um, you have an argument with someone on the way out. Trina, I really didn't like the fudge this morning. What is that? Yeah? Whatever the argument might be. All right, so, but more than that, you know, maybe there's, there's serious disagreements. Maybe there's unforgiveness. Maybe there's anger. Maybe there's loss. We've all, you know, maybe there's tragedy. Okay, so we have this, and that's life, this side of the cross. I mean, not this side. This side of, of us being in heaven and dying, yeah? Before one day we're in the presence of God. All right, so you're going to have this tension, and you've got to get to a place where you're comfortable with that. And the best way I can say is know your Bible understand scripture, because it's all there. All this has happened many times over thousands of years, all right? That's going to be your bellwether. That's going to be your anchor. That's got to be your foundation. I am well for the Holy Spirit, and you know I am. I pray for this, all these things. I am passionate about it, all right? But the foundation is the Word of God, all right? And that's going to stand you guys in, the, in, in, in all the things that lie before you, all right? That's the cake. The Holy Spirit's like the icing on the cake, all right? Okay. All right, so um, after that, we then, um, after the apostles obviously out um, uh, doing these remarkable things, again, there's tension, there's persecution, all right? So like I said at the beginning, the gospel is shared, and, and, and it brings either people come to faith, or they stand against it, all right? And you're going to find that in your workplace and life. People, I've got some people, there's no reason for me not to get on with them. I just think there's something spiritual, okay? They're just well against me, all right? Um, and other people are really for me. And that's just something, again, you've just got to get comfortable with. You see it in Scripture. You see it happens to apostles. When you see great breakthrough, you often see great persecution as well. All right, but what I love about this, and they're is God just like, they, 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 they jail them, and, and God immediately releases them. <laughs> they call for them to come in front of the Sanhedrin, and we're either out preaching the gospel on the streets. God's passionate about that, okay? And uh, I just find that, truly, truly remarkable. 
Now, following that, into chapter 6, and I'm conscious there's never enough time. I don't know why we're trying to do so many chapters, Monica. You and I, we need to sort ourselves out. <laughs> okay, in chapter 6, we get to uh, the widows being neglected. I'm going to read this, and then we'll just make a couple of quick points, um, and then I'm going to have to bring it into land, because I'm, I'm conscious time is running away from me. Okay, um, so chapter 6, verse 1. In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you, among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Also Philip, Bacurus, Nicana, Timon, Pamenaeus, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread and the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Okay, so here early on again, very quickly, we see um, jealousy. We see um, uh, lack of justice within the church. All right? And what amazes me here is the wisdom of the apostles and how they deal with it. And we've all been part of churches where we see this tension. And sadly, I've been part of churches where the church then splits over things like this, all right? But thankfully, in the early days here, God gives them grace and wisdom in how to solve this initial, initial issue, all right? And the challenge here is we had both um, your Jewish believers, okay? Um, but then if you remember, at the beginning of Acts, when Monica was unpacking, you, you had many others from all over the known world in Jerusalem who were professing Jews and became Christians at the very beginning, all right? So now you have the tension of all these different cultures, all these different nationalities, and this is really important for us as a church because we are Kampala International Church, okay? And we have different cultures. So when we say church starts at 10, to a Mzungu, that means 10 on the dot, all right? So my danger is I go, oh, where is everyone? Okay, we have about 10, I'm not judging, I, I was late this morning myself, all right? So I'm not judging anyone. But there's that culture, you know, whereas many of my, my own country, Zimbabwe, you know, they're similar. They'll turn up half an hour late, hour late. We'd have a barbecue. I've said this before. And we'd have a barbecue, and I'd say it starts at two. My friends would come at four, and the fires run out. And they say, Well, where's the fire? I said, Well, you're two hours late. Oh, sorry, I went past mum and dad, and I had to pick up some wheat and buy a goat and drop it on the corner, and then the cow across it, whatever it is. You know what I mean? Because to them, relationships are important, and I can learn from that. Yeah? Um, <laughs> so. Um, I, I, I think just being aware that we have these tensions as well. But what's amazing here is they say, well, you choose the people that you want to deal with this. And the other important thing they say as well is, we, get, we want them to be full of the Holy Spirit and to know, you know, know Scripture well, be godly people. All right? And what's amazing is these people aren't just, you know, you might think, well, all I do is prepare coffee at the back on a Sunday. What am I contributing to church life? That's critical. Yeah? These guys, they, they serve there, but then they do other stuff outside. Jimmy, if you ever chat to Jimmy, he's got a thousand testimonies inside him. This guy travels Uganda and does the most remarkable things. Okay, on a Sunday he's doing sound, okay, because that's the gifting he has, that's, that's how he's serving here right now. 
Okay? But that doesn't mean that God's not using you in other ways. And it doesn't mean you have to be out there doing some big stuff either. Okay? So you know elsewhere in Scripture it talks about don't say to the foot, what are you doing? Or the baby finger. You know, we're all important. Yeah? We all bring something to church. And I, I'm going to have to start pause here sadly time-wise, but I think what I want to say is get stuck in. Yeah? Get stuck in. Trina needs more people to help out on the back tea and coffee. Go for that. Okay? Um, we need people helping with the kids' work. Yeah? We need people um, with the youth I do on, on, uh, whenever I can on a Friday. Yeah? Um, we need people everywhere. There's somewhere that you can get stuck in, and that's part of fellowship and getting to know people. All right? To be honest, bottom line, I don't care if you do nothing. Okay? In one sense. <laughs> okay? I don't care. I don't care in the sense of the practical needs of the church. I do care for your heart and your journey. Does that make sense? Yeah? Um, because God does something in the process. Yeah? And fellowship goes so much deeper when you're on the road together, serving others and doing things with them. Does that make sense? Good. <laughs> right. I'm just going to start there because I just want to honor your time. All right? Because I know the kids, we've got the young kids out already and the others will be out soon. I think what I'm going to do just to finish, um, I've got... Um, uh, some points. If you just bring it up, actually, Jimmy, can we fire up the other laptop? It's, while they do that, what I'm going to do in a second is I'm going to show you some of the scriptures we covered this morning, plus it's gone forward another chapter or two, and it's got some questions. So uh, it's asking you um, what's happening in that scripture and how it applies to today. So after, after we close in a minute, grab yourself a coffee, and then, like we normally do, just find a group where you are, get your chairs in a circle, if you'd like to, and you can have a chance to unpack the scripture a bit more yourselves, okay? Um, there's much more even than what I've been sharing this morning. I've, I'm, I'm literally skimming the surface, all right? But here, from chapter 5 right through to chapter 7, I don't even get to chapter 7, um, you've got the problem described in there, you've got the danger for the church, okay? The wrong response, a solution, and then linking it to today. Don't feel you have to complete it all. Just use that as a reference point and a point of discussion, all right? Or speak about other stuff in your group. But to finish, I just want to say to you guys, one, from the very beginning, God does not mess around with sin, okay? So make sure you're living right with Christ. Don't live in denial. We're a church that wants to be authentic. It's one of our cultures, yeah? Um, so make sure you get right with God. Don't dabble around with sin in any sort of way, all right? We all sin, okay, by accident or whatever happens, all right? But don't intentionally think, do you know what? I'm just going to keep sleeping with my boyfriend or girlfriend because I know I can because God's grace is good enough. Be very careful. God is very big. Think of the last thunderstorm and it reminds you how powerful he is. Okay? Get right with God today. All right? You can get right with God today. Or maybe it's just you think, oh, okay, well, when they do offerings, you know, I'm just not going to give anything to church because I don't want to. Okay? Um, that's fine. We don't want your money, but get your heart right. So I presume you're helping someone else or doing something, because the Bible challenges us to give, yeah, to church, for the sake of our soul, all right? And the, that's, that's a whole other topic in its own right. Um, I think as well, let's be very careful as a church. I really strongly believe, guys, um, in the coming years, we're going to see this church grow um, in quite remarkable ways. There's something very special about what God's doing amongst us. Uh, and I've got no doubt, I've seen it, I've seen it before, I've been part of church, I, I can just see the foundations, God's just setting the foundations, all right? So don't get resentful in your heart as we do grow, 
Yeah. Don't think, oh, like the old, I like it, the old days were in Malmey. I could roll out of bed at one minute to ten, and there I was in worship. I'm joking a little bit, but um, don't think, don't keep looking over your shoulder and think, oh, it's better then. Or it's better when I was in my last church. Or, or that, live in the present, engage in the present, get stuck in. All right? Um, let me stop there. Let's stand and pray, and then we'll get some coffee.